With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You gotta be so cold to make it in this world. Yeah, you're a natural living your life cutthroat. You gotta be so cold. Yeah, you're a natural. Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. Cause you're a With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.
All right, welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It is December 16th. Only two weeks left in the year, and 2019 shall begin. Hey, we got a great show for everybody tonight. Jeff Carlson of the Jeff, Carl- of the Jeff Carlson Band will be on tonight's show. Jeff, I have to thank him for calling in tonight. Uh, we were supposed to have Rob from Tigers of Tang Tang, but he kind of screwed us at the last minute. And uh, Jeff stepped in, and I do appreciate that. Right there, Grim Reaper, Wrath of the Reaper. Love those guys. Steve sounds just as good today as he did back in the 80s. All right, we got a little technical trouble here with the computer, so I'm going to jump into another song while I correct that, and when I come back, we should be good to go. Here's the master with power.
Hellstar, Face the Wicked One. Nothing new going on with Hellstar right now. Maybe 2019. James Rivera and a whole bunch of other musicians from Texas have that uh, whole Texas uh, coalition or all-star thing. There's like two different ones going on. One band is a bunch of musicians that aren't as well-known. Uh, haven't helped put out a record by those guys. And then there's one with James Rivera and members of like, you know, S.A. Slayer and a few other 80s uh, Texas metal bands. I think they're going to be playing at the Keep It True Festival next year. I don't know if there's going to be any music by those guys, original music. I think they're just doing songs from each of the bands that they were in, you know, all together as like a semi-all-star type of group. But we'll have to see what happens with that. All right. I was uh, reading on Blabbermouth that uh, Tom Angel Ripper was saying that, you know, he's worried about the world that we live in today and, and the kids and the youth. And I was just thinking that's what our parents were saying about Sodom. Uh, <laughs> Thirty years ago, when uh, or maybe forty years ago, when I was a kid and and uh, we were kids, so uh, you know nothing changes. It's that we become the parental part of the equation as life goes on. But I do agree with him. We are kind of living in a fucked up world today, worse than I've ever seen it. Uh, hopefully, it'll self-correct itself before it self-destructs. But you never know. We'll see what happens. All right, how about some witch fun? Let's go back to that first release. Wake up screaming.
Jag Panzer with Harder Than Steel. You know, that first EP from 83, I still have it, and I actually have a picture disc version of it, and Ample Destruction contains some of the finest metal songs ever written and recorded, I think, by any band ever. Nothing beats those first two, the EP and the album. I mean, Jack Panzer have put out great records throughout the career. There's really never been a bad, bad Jack Panzer record, but they've definitely changed, you know, sound and style as the years have gone by. I mean, the last record, the DV Chord from last year, I thought was a good record, but it was definitely a more European sound than metal record, in my opinion. And that's how I feel about that record. A lot of bands these days are kind of adapting that sound. And it, to me, it wasn't the true Jack Panzer sound, but it was a great record and killer songs. You know, I, I hope we don't have to wait another seven years for a new record by the band. Uh, the Scourge of the Light came out, I think, in 2011. There was a big gap in between there. Also, Harry had kind of left the band. The Tyrant left the band somewhere in between those records. It took a couple of years. Mark was looking for a new vocalist. I'm glad that whatever happened with Harry, it worked out and he was back in the group. Because really, that band, you know, he is the voice of that band. Mark's songwriting is amazing, you know, but Harry's voice kind of defines the sound. I mean, Jack Panzer has gone at it, you know, with different singers over the years anyway, but none of that stuff kind of lived up to the stuff with Harry singing on it. That's just my opinion. All right. Let's play a couple of more tunes. I don't know if you've been following this whole uh, L.A. Guns thing. I mean, I'm getting a kick out of it. I mean, you know, Steve Riley formed his own version of L.A. Guns after, I guess, kind of being left out or given the boot uh, when Phil Lewis uh, rejoined with Tracy Guns. And this whole story, I mean, I remember when that happened, Phil Lewis says that he's still in L.A. Guns, I guess, the L.A. Guns that he was fronting for like over a decade when uh, Tracy was out of the band with Steve Riley on drums, and he was only going to be playing with Tracy in another version of L.A. Guns, which made no sense to me. I guess when that one got more attention than the other one, I don't know what happened, but then it was, you know, Steve Riley's out, <laughs> and uh, I don't know how you play with somebody, you know, for like 25, 30 years, whatever it was, and then you just abandon that guy to jump back with the guy that you had nothing but grief and problems with for 25 years. <laughs> Makes no sense to me. I'll never understand this business. I get it if they were like, you know, at Black Sabbath level, Iron Maiden level, Judas Priest level, ACDC level, Guns N' Roses level, where they were playing and selling out arenas and stadiums or figured they could have if they had reunited with a classical lineup. But LA Guns has always been a, a, a bar band. I mean, they play small places. And, you know, when the festival started, they jumped on them and, and started getting hooked up with the festivals. They played in front of a larger audience. But they've never been a big band. They've never played in front of, you know, stadium-sized audiences on their own that they've sold out. You know, it's always been as part of a bill. So I don't get it, but Steve Riley has his own thing going right now, and he's in this war of words with, like, you know, Tracy and Phil, and they're going back and forth. And his post on Facebook, some of these threads go on forever. And, you know, Tracy Gunn's just ripping and tearing it down. It's like three kids in a schoolyard when they're 12 years old fighting with each other. And I'm, I'm reading this, and I'm laughing, you know? And N3 Festival, which is kind of a ridiculous bullshit festival to me to begin with, uh, usually in Maryland, I think it is, they usually, you know, put on like the worst of the 80s head metals bands, bands that have no original members, one original member, bands that nobody cares about anymore. I don't actually know how the festival survives. There must be a lot of people out there that are into that shit, I guess, but it's just a stupid festival in my opinion. They hired the Steve Riley version of LA Guns to play there, even though they've had the other LA Guns on the bill seven out of ten years. So you talk about really, you know, like expanding the lineup. I mean, you've had the same washed-up band on the bill for fucking seven years out of the ten you're doing the festival. And that's just one band. A lot of bands have been on there that come back year after year. It's just the same couple of bands. But these guys are going back and forth fighting, and it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. So if you like drama and gossip, definitely go to uh, Steve Riley's page or Tracy Gunn's page or any one of the two L.A. Gunn uh, version pages and 
and check out this little uh, Facebook battle that they got going on. Maybe maybe Steve Riley should hook up with uh, Stephen Adler and Bobby Blotzer and go out like a, like a scorned, battered, abused, and forgotten about drummers tour or something where they have all, <laughs> all these different plays playing with them as they do hit songs by the bands that made famous, you know? I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not slagging on any drum. I'm a bass player. We're just as forgotten about in a band as anybody else. Uh, but let's be honest. Nobody goes to the show just to see the drummer play hit songs. Nobody's going to L.A. Gun Show to watch Stephen Riley play Never Enough. <laughs> what a ballad of Jane. You know, they want to hear Tracy Guns on guitar. They want to hear Phil Lewis on vocals. Let's be honest. Call it what it is. It's like that with a lot of bands, but... That's something that's going on right now. But I find it funny, and I find it amusing that grown men are still acting like this, you know, in this day and age. All right. How about some rail? Diamond Dasher.
All right, Possession with Lady in White, and before that, Raven's Bitch with Tear Down the Walls. All right, Jeff Carlson's going to call in in about 10 minutes or so. We'll talk to him, and right after the interview, we're going to wrap up tonight's show. 
Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I'm thinking about canceling the show at the end of uh, 2019. It'll be our 11th year. That's a long time to be doing the show. Uh, I mean, I do love it, but I am so burnt out right now. I mean, doing this week after week after week with no breaks, you get really tired, you know. So, uh, and I'm feeling it this month, you know. <laughs> so, uh, either we're gonna just wind up canceling the show altogether next September when we hit 11 years old, or we might just take one weekend a month off and then maybe do every other weekend, you know, from Memorial Day to Labor Day. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. All right, well, we'll line up a great bunch of guests for January. Next week, we're going to be doing our Christmas show. It'll only be one hour next week, the program. And the week after that, it'll be one hour where we do our Happy New Hair special. So uh, our two holiday shows coming up after tonight. But before we do that, we have to talk to Jeff Carlson of the Jeff Carlson Band, and we'll play his latest single right after we're done speaking, and then we'll wrap it up here tonight. All right, how about we do some tank, the Algae Ward tank. Stomp hands up.
Jeff Carlson on the line. So we'll get back to that song. That was Bishop Steele on and on. Let's get Jeff on the line. Let's get this interview going. Hey, man. Hey, Jeff. How's it Mike, going? How are you? Great, Mike. How you doing, bro? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How's everything out there on the west side of the country? <laughs> awesome weather, man. Great. It's a great time to live in Las Vegas right now. <laughs> I, I can imagine. It must be. It really must be a great town these days for music. I mean, is it? Is there a pretty good or vibrant rock scene over there? Yeah, man, it's, it's, um, you know, there's a club here called, uh, Count Vamp that's done a lot for the local rock scene. You know, they bring in a lot of the LA headliners and, you know, um, I played there with Frank Hannon before and it's from Tesla, you know, and he's a buddy of mine. He's, and, um, I've done some shows there before. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. You know, House of Blues is a great venue too out here, you know, Mandalay Bay. That's a cool cool place to play too that's nice i mean is it important to build up a following like locally where you are first and branch out or in this day of you know internet and social media and so many ways of getting music out there does it really matter you know it doesn't it doesn't i mean you know the the way that it is so so far that i've experienced is yeah it is great to have a local following don't get me wrong i mean it's wonderful without it i mean you know it, it makes it tough to to get shows sometimes, you know, but at the same time, you know, um, it all, it all boils down to, um, getting your foot in the door with the headliners, you know, because you can do that. They can, you can kind of piggyback off their audience, which helps you in the long run, no matter where it is, you know, that's my, that's the way I look at it. (laughs) I I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you know, I think back to the 80s, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, Ozzy Osbourne came to town and one year he had 
an unknown band named Motley Crue open up for them, another band coming out named Metallica open up for them, and these bands all exploded and took off. I think it's it's extremely important for like national acts and headlining acts to take out the young supporting acts and the bands starting out because that it's like baseball, you know, we're having a farm team and stuff like that. It's the same type of thing. That's how you get the exposure, and I think they're kind it of doing is, a disservice yeah. to the music business when they don't do that. It is, and and the bad thing is, it's with the the, the the days of the big record deals, unless you're you know, Blake Shelton or you know Adam Levine or you know somebody like that, you know that have you know proven themselves or whatever. I mean, when you're starting out, like you know, I mean, I've been doing this, God, you know, for a long time, <laughs> yeah. and you know, it, it's like you don't make any money off, you know, unless unless you've got some major really pushing you and you get out, you know, it all boils down to touring, you know, you've got to have, um, you know, merch sales and, and, and you know, and obviously the, the bigger the audience, the more downloads you can probably get, you know, but um, it's just a, it's a work in progress, you know, I mean, it's not as easy that way as it, you know, used to be. I mean, they don't give you know, uh, advances like they used to. And, <laughs> you know, I'd rather them, you know, give me a, you know, $10,000 in, in touring and, in, in, you know, pushing the, the thing than recording, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure, absolutely. I mean, you do you know. feel that it's, it's still like a do-it-yourself business for every artist today where if you're not, like, it is really even more. starting the show? Yeah, it's even yeah. more now, yeah. Because everybody that, you know, I mean, I'm friends with, Frank, you know, from Tesla, and Mark Slattery is a buddy of mine. You know, these guys all have studios in their house now, you know. So it's cool to to see the organic process where they're not, you know, they don't have to worry about, you know, going into uh, RCA Studios out of New York or something anymore. I mean, yeah, they're still there, but, it, you know, you can you can get a lot more done for cheaper now, you know, than back in the day when they were charging, you know, $1,000 an hour <laughs> or whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, you know, um, technology has its good and its bad. I mean, like I said, that's the good part yeah. of it because you can't have a professional studio in your house for, you know, a, a reasonable price where you don't have to spend that money. But then, you know, it also affects the business in a bad way where music is kind of free. It's not, it's not technically, but, right. you know, bands, people find a way of getting it for free. And it has a lot of bad oh, yeah. to it. Too, but you, find it's, you find it it's actually better or worse for you personally. Well, you know, that's the thing. It makes it harder to make a bigger splash, I think, because – um, it's like a lot of the majors, they don't want to look at you unless you've got a, you know, 500,000 hits on your YouTube channel. You know what I mean? You yeah. almost have to, you almost have to make it yourself on your own dime before the will they're willing to take a chance on you anymore, you know, or win the voice, whatever comes first. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> True. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, you can, you know, I mean, you can get bands like, uh, who was that? I think it was Seven Dust. You know, the drummer was talking about they sold like, you know, 300,000 copies out of the trunk of their car, you know, that type of stuff, which is cool. You know, that good for them. They may, probably made more money that way than, than doing it, you know, just labeled strictly label, you know. I mean, that's one good thing. If you if you can get a, a broad enough fan base, you can make more money and just cut out the middle guy, you know, with the labels. But it's it's like old Catch-22, how do you get that fan base without major push you know <laughs> you got a tour you know and that's kind of where i'm at with it you know 
Yeah, yeah. Build up the fan base is definitely the challenge today. But like you know, like yeah. you have so much with social, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reverb oh, yeah. Nation, so many places are doing it. But you know, there, there's also so much going on out there that you know to find a good talented person and then act like yourself kind of gets lost in the mix because there's just so much going on and people don't know where to look. It does. That's so true, man. And, and again, that boils down to who you know, you know. And I hate to say that, but there's a lot of truth to that, you know, as far as what we're, what we do, you know, I mean, that's, that, that could be said in, you know, any entertainment, you know, I mean, but, you know, and, and I think when the opportunities do come, you have to be ready when they, when they present themselves, you know, you can't just expect to go, you know, play a show and get a major deal without being, you know, putting the time into it is what I'm saying, you know, yeah, developing well, your I mean- act, you know. Well, I mean, the Jeff Carlson band is a band, but it's named after you. So do you feel like everything kind of rests on you, or is all the responsibilities everything shared amongst the members of the band? Well, you know, it's it's kind of like the, the Bon Jovi syndrome a little bit, you know. I mean, without sounding, you know, like it's about me, it's, it, it is, you know, I'll be the figurehead of the band. But, you know, basically, um, when I got, you know, the Potomac Records, they – they they gave me a deal. It was a solo deal, so it was just easier to do it that way because, you know, the way the music scene is anymore. You know, sometimes cause you'll see this in a lot of the other, like the bigger, you know, like Dead Daisies or whoever. You know, I mean, a lot of these bands have interchangeable members sometimes. You know, yeah. but I finally got a really good, um, you know, band here in Vegas that guys I used to play with before that. Um, are, are, are supporting what, you know, what I'm trying to do here, which it, it, in that sense, it is about a band. Cause I take everybody's, you know, input equally. I don't try to make mine, you know, above anybody else, but at the same time, you know, I'm trying to um, make it, you know, it's not the most rock and roll name in the world. I will admit that, but at the same time, it just, it just makes it easier to go out like this, you know, as far as that sure. goes. Is it difficult trying to find people to play with that are really going to be dedicated to what they're doing? Because, you know, there's a lot of downtime in music for bands, but when something does pop up, you know, you got to be willing to take it and go with it. Like if a tour comes oh, in yeah. or a couple of gigs, is it hard to find people that say, you know what, I'm into this band, this is what I'm doing with you, and I'm all, I'm all in. But a lot of people say that until something comes up, then like, well, I can't go out, I can't do that, I can't be a yeah. part of it. Well, that's the thing. Um this is a fairly new new band and new in the sense that we haven't, you know, I, I've played shows with Frank Cannon. I had a band out of out of uh, Tucson, Arizona when I lived there called Scarecard, which is basically, um, you know, we did songs that I had brought into the band. So um, this is basically the guys I've used to play with before I moved out there. I moved back here to Vegas this year. So I lived out in Tucson for like 10 years, and then I moved back here. So these are guys I'm reacquainting myself with, with that I used to play with years ago who are lifetime friends of mine. So, yeah, those guys are in it for the long haul. And if something comes up to where, you know, it's got to, you know, you can plan it to where, if, you know, nobody, you know, everybody still has day jobs. But if you can, you know, plan something to where you're you're on a big enough show to where it makes it worthwhile to take, you know, you know, a week off here or whatever, you know, and that could develop into something bigger. So you have, they're totally open to doing that. So that, that makes, I've been blessed in that aspect, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's definitely a good thing. Cause you hear that, you hear that so yeah. often, like, you know, people, they don't want to go all in 
and I, and I get it. It's right. not like, you know, 30, yeah. 40 years ago where you're 18 years old and you don't mind jumping into a broken down van for three weeks with nine guys and traveling right. around. It, it gets a little bit more hard as you get older and you don't want to do a lot of those things. Yeah, especially when people have responsibilities, you know, married with kids and all that. You know, I mean, I, I, I you know, my wife and I have been married 10 years. I've got a 15-year-old child. It's just, you know, I, and, but, you know, it's it's important to um, be with guys who are, you know, willing to do whatever it takes to to try to uh, make it work, you know what I mean, and, and not put any, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, tell somebody they can't do something if, you know, if, if it's a, you know, a matter of their family, but at the same time, you know, if, if they're really all in, you know, I, I say, you know, there's everybody can work together as a team and make it, make it work, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, so, Jeff, rock and roll is probably the most prolific and biggest, you know, genre of music anywhere in the world. Every artist kind of uses it and touches on it, but yet to me, it seems to be one of the hardest genres and markets it is. to really break into. And it boggles my mind how such a tremendous, you know, market of music can be so difficult to make your market, but it really is. Oh man, you're 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 preaching to the choir here, brother. <laughs> and let me just say thank you from the bottom of my heart for putting me on your show, dude. It means everything to me to uh, be my out pleasure. there. You know, yeah, thank you, man. Because without you guys, it makes it real tough to do. You know, get the get the word out. You know, and um, I just, you know, um, you know, I, I just I try to be as humble as I possibly can, and really, you know, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you on the way up, because it'd be, you know, connected to the same ass. You gotta, you know, kick <laughs> on the way down into that old thing. But anyway, I'm I'm very thankful for any kind of press or coverage. That that comes my way, you know. <laughs> uh, hey, well, you I deserve it. You put out great music, and it should be heard. I mean, thank you. This year, you put out the single, it. you know, "Never Be Another You." I mean, was there a reason behind just putting out the single and not a full-length record or an EP? Well, yeah. At the time, the label wanted to do that. Um, we, you know, he kind of, you know, my my label president, uh, Mike Bailey, he's a great guy. He, you know, we just thought we'd try our test the water to see what happened, what kind of response we'd get with that. Um, we're getting ready to release a new song here shortly um, that's a little more up-tempo and heavier, you know. And um, there's, you know, that we just, uh, a lot of times, you know, everybody's, some labels want you to release the whole album. Some labels, you know, sometimes it is, you know, you see a lot of bands just releasing one or two songs at a time, you know. So I just thought, you know, let's let's try this and see what happens and just kind of build on it from there, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, if you go so, back to the 50s when rock and roll started taking off, it was a singles market. Artists just put out single after single oh, yeah. after single. There was no such thing as full-length records for those artists. And then, you know, that kind of right. morphed in the 60s and 70s. And now today, when you look at a lot of bands, they're doing the same thing. They're releasing a digital single here, a 45 there. I still call them 45s, right. forgive me. You know, they're not really no, doing the full-length anymore because it's expensive. And the kids today and people in general just have such a well, short attention span. That's it. That's it. You said the magic words right there, man. You know, I mean, people forget so quickly, you know, and it's like, I mean, we're getting ready to probably go in and do an EP here pretty soon here. I'd say next month we're going to go back in the studio and do like six songs. Um, but again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to balance it to where, you know, you're not spending 10 grand on, on one thing that only, you know, one song gets played on. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but but that's that was the, the the idea behind it, you know, 
the people's attention span is today is just like, okay, next, what, what's out, you know? <laughs> oh my God, I know. You know? <laughs> Does that make it hard for you as a songwriter and as an artist, where you feel like, hey, if I can't grab these people in the first ten seconds of what I'm writing, you know, I'm going to lose them. Does that make it like, oh make it yeah, that, how you write? That absolutely goes into thought process when you start writing songs. Yes, absolutely. You know, there's an old saying, "Don't bore us, get to the chorus." You know. That kind yeah. of thing, you know. So, <laughs> you know, um, you know, without taking away your your musical roots, because I, I try to, I try to be, you know, as thoughtful, but yet don't don't take the feeling out of it either. You know, there's a real balance you have to have. So, I mean, again, it comes from you know Robbie Wolf, my guitar player. Him and I've been, we've we've known each other for 20 plus years. You know, so him and I and Corey, my bass player, Corey K, we all have really good, um, you know, we work well together. So we, we write well together. So I think that, and we got, you know, our drummer, Mike Mittling, he's a, he's an amazing drummer. He's from the school of John Bonham, you know, that whole vibe in place of the song rather than look at how many chops I can put in in a three-minute song, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm very thankful, you know, and I got to I gotta give a shout-out to uh, the, the, the guy that did, well, Two guys, you know, the first single was uh, a friend of mine out here, uh, Todd Turton played drums on it, and then uh, a close friend of mine, Kyle Kelly, he played on the new single. So, you know, again, that, that kind of goes with the uh, frame of mind of, well, it's, it's a band, but yet I'm going to be the figurehead on it, so there's not really, you know, so I can, com- you know, do a combination of players and, and then kind of see where I'm at after that, you know what I mean? So it kind of takes away from... The uh, the vibe of well, it's got to be these these specific guys, you know, on the, <laughs> on, the on the initial release, you know. So yeah, well, yeah. and the single's been out for a while now. You know, you've had time to sit on it and, and and look and see how it went. How do you feel? I mean, we're closing in on the end of the year now. Did it accomplish what you wanted it to, and, and take it, you know, bring well, it to the next level? Way. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, yes, in the aspect of I can look back and think, okay. That's something I'm proud of. That's something I, I, I actually um, put a lot of effort into that, you know, at the end of the day, if, you know, I could, you know, somebody said to me, what are you proud of that you've done? I could throw that out there, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, but, um, you know, it's just the way the, the industry is. It makes it tough to, you know, to blow up these days, so to speak. You I know. know. <laughs> so... You know, in that aspect, you know, you can. There's a lot of different, you know, ways you can look at it. But I'm trying to look at it as possible, as you know, or positive as I possibly can. You know, and again, it just boils down to getting out there, you know, getting a fan base, getting, you know, just busting your ass playing, man. You know, so that's the goal next year. To get out and start yeah. touring. <laughs> That's the most you know? important thing. I, I mean, as far as recorded music goes, do you think you're going to have more music out? You know, sometime in uh, 2019. Absolutely. Yep. I, about uh, we're going in the studio in January, and hopefully, you know, February, March at the latest, we'll have a new, a, a new, if not a full length album, a definite EP done for sure. And when that That's happens, man, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that. You know, you need new yeah. music. You know, the single is fantastic, and I'm looking Thank forward you. to more. But, Jeff, I'm going to let you go because I want to play the song, and we're going to wrap it up here tonight. But when you get new songs out there, you come right back on. We'll promote the hell out of it for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike, man. I appreciate it very much.
Anytime. You enjoy the holidays. You have a happy new year, and all the best in 2019, my friend. You too, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. Take care. Okay. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. Let's play some Jeff Carlson here. Never be another you. If I had a dime for every time I think of you, I'd be a rich man. You make my dreams come true. The times we've shared, I know we'll have once again. Lord knows you're in my heart, and my heart to you I'll give. Can you see what your love means to me? Can you feel that my love for you is real? Can there will never be another you in my eyes? There will never be another you to be a part of my life when the wind whispers your name and I look into the clear blue sky. There will never be another you in my
Carlson band with Never Be Another You. I want to thank Jeff for being on tonight's show. And once again, a big fuck you to Rob Weir from Tigers of Pan Tank for screwing me three times in a week out of tonight's interview. There you go. All right, we're going to wrap it up, everybody. I'll see you next Sunday night. There's no more guests for the rest of the year. We'll be doing our Merry Metal Christmas extravaganza next Sunday. It's only like an hour-long show. And then our Happy New Hair special uh, the following Sunday. And we'll kick off the new year with more guest interviews. So have a great one, everybody. I can't go back at the real hard heavy metal after playing that. I kind of mellowed out right now. So let's do some Night Ranger. Eddie's coming out tonight. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.
This phone drives me crazy. Excuse me, I'm the Sprinter and from Sprint. Try my new iPhone XR with an amazing liquid retina display. This is amazing. Mind if I snap a few photos? Look at that color. I love this display. I, uh, I'm going to need that back. Switch to Sprint and get iPhone XR 64 gigabytes for $0 per month with an eligible trade-in and a Sprint Flex lease. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Phone $0 per month for 18 months after $31.25 per month. Credit applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Excludes tax. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee. Coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.